You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is the 757 at 6 on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. 757 at 6, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Uh, we will have Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. and We haven't given those away yet, right? All right, cool. Had a, had a moment there. Uh, Virginia Sports Hall of Fame induction week. Breakfast with Champions tickets uh, to give away later this show. So stick around for that. Have your dialing fingers ready. In the meantime, I have some bad news for ODU basketball fans, if you haven't heard. But it's, from a bigger perspective, maybe maybe there's something going on here that, that uh, I almost don't want to say out loud. I want to put this energy into the world, but... You know, when you have an observation and you think the the listeners might be uh, inclined to find it interesting, you know, a little bit of an obligation here. Um, Makai Long, who led the Sun Belt in double-doubles this year for the ODU men's basketball team, uh, entered the transfer portal a week ago, whatever it was, a couple days ago. Yesterday, it was revealed that he has committed to Virginia Tech, which is, for the player, probably dreamed of playing in the ACC and and played well enough to build enough value to cash that in uh, and and head to an ACC program. So, you know, if the player feels it's best for them, I'm always players first, I'm always players rights, go player. The thing that stuck out to me was it felt very similar to Ali Jennings. Ali Jennings, uh, actually, let's, let's start at the beginning. Both Makai Long and Ali Jennings, Ali Jennings wide receiver, for the, the ODU football team, transfer portal, member of Virginia Tech now. Both of them didn't start at ODU. Makai Long started at Rhode Island. Ali Jennings started at, at West Virginia. They transferred to ODU, starred, played very well, built up a, a, a decent amount of value. ODU, obviously, brought them in, helped in development, uh, let them or showcase them, I guess would be the way to, way to, to say that. Uh, built up value, and then the players hit the transfer portal, bounced to Virginia Tech. Both. Now, Virginia Tech, again, there's some sense to be made there, right? If they're looking for transfer portal players, they're going to look around the region. And if there's a a player that's from ODU that puts in their, their name, they're going to call if they see value. I guarantee it. The thing you want to make sure doesn't happen, and I don't know how you do this, is you want to make sure that there's no pipeline established. Right? You want to make sure that it's not, hey, here's here's what happens. You go to ODU, you have a good year or two, then Virginia Tech comes calling. Because, quite frankly, you just don't want it to be that simple and cut and dry. You want to keep your players. And I find it interesting. We talked with Dr. Woodseelig earlier today. He is the the ODU's athletic director. Uh, You'll hear that conversation tomorrow here on the 757 at 6. He pointed out, right, we're talking about March Madness. Uh, He points out FAU, Florida Atlantic, a team that is the underdog, nine seed, made it all the way to the final four. We asked 
a a fellow mid-major athletic director about the FAU run, and he points out, you know, from our perspective, four out of five players on the FAU roster that are in the five leading scorers. So four out of the five leading scorers are homegrown, meaning recruited out of high school, stayed with FAU, right? We're there during years where they did not win any postseason games. And now they're thriving. And the, the fifth leading scorer, or the uh, not, he's not fifth in the lineup, I'm saying the other of the five, is a transfer from Texas Tech. So the the ideal team building might be mostly homegrown guys, mostly uh, recruits out of high school that you develop, and then you get to handpick the one missing piece out of the transfer portal, drop it onto your team, and now it's full steam ahead. Dr. Selig also pointed out that last year when they were both members of Conference USA, ODU, and I'm using Dr. Selig's word, waxed FAU. So there's a little bit of like, if they can do it, we can do it. We just got to do it the, the you know, whatever way we see fit. Now, I know Makai Long wasn't homegrown, but a transfer from Rhode Island early in the, the, the career, you need that guy to stay if you want to make a run like FAU is making. And you need to add to it, right? If you have a year that doesn't go as you hoped, and and make no mistake about it, at least the Sun Belt tournament did not go the way ODU had hoped, you need to keep a group together and then go find the one piece. If you lose Makai Long, now you have to replace Makai Long and find the one piece. And when Faison Fields leaves and a few others leave, it's like, okay, now you have to, I mean, maybe not one for one, maybe you can replace them with one guy or two guys, but you have to replace those players. The, 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 my point is this. The transfer portal is hurting ODU. And the, the beauty of mid-majors used to be you find your diamond in the rough, then you use that player as the center point to build around and you make your run when they are juniors, when they are seniors. ODU did that. On the transfer portal, they found Ali Jennings on the football field. In the transfer portal, they found Makai Long on the basketball court, and they developed them into stars. And instead of getting the chance to build around them, both of those players will be wearing Virginia Tech uniforms this upcoming school year. And that puts, like my, my like professionally, I want ODU to be great. Let's 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 get I didn't grow up an ODU fan, but make no mistake about it. The, I have relationships there now. I, I think the people are great. I obviously we are the flagship here. And when they are good, it is good for business. Like I want ODU to be great, but I also want players to be able to do what they feel is best for them. And I want players who have limited eligibility to be able to go live out their dream with the eligibility they have been given. I've been pro portal. I've been pro NIL. And I'm going to remain that way. So so this situation is tough because I am seeing the portal actively make it more difficult for ODU to have success. But I also am like, hey, players, go live your dream. Right? There, there's a possibility Makai Long, right, grew up in the the you know the driveway 
talking about playing North Carolina, talking about playing Duke, talking about having them, you know, in his home gym, hitting a jumper over their five stars. And he's going to get to live out that dream. Now, who am I to, or who is anyone in college basketball or who is anyone in ODU to rob him of achieving that dream? But man, it would have been fun next year to have Ollie Jennings running up and down the field on the football field. Man, it would have been fun to have Makai Long give it another go at ODU and see if they can't use the transfer portal to put players around him to have more success. It's just like, it's like a deja vu moment. When I read it, I was like, whoa, whoa. This feels, I've been here before. This feeling is similar to some feeling I've had before. And then it hit me, it was the Ali Jennings deal. And it's like, man, that that's tough. Led the Sun Belt in double doubles. There's literally not a coach on the planet that wouldn't love to have a guy who led the conference in double doubles come back to your roster. Unfortunately, when you lead a conference in double doubles, you're going to be attractive on the transfer portal as well, which stands to, to reason why Makai Long hit the portal and very quickly ended up with an ACC program. But again, it's a little bittersweet. I want to wish those guys luck as well. Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. This is the 757 at 6. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at ESPN Radio 941. You can follow us on Instagram at Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Social media is brought to you by Dominion Floor Covering. No sound effect for that one? There we go. Uh, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, speaking of ODU, maybe their most famous baseball alum was painted into a very, very difficult situation today by a guest we spoke with earlier. Stick around. It's the 757 at 6, talking local high school and college sports on your number one local sports station, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. 757 at 6, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Should we do the giveaway? Let's do it. Let's do it. Robbie says let's do it, so let's do it. Uh, right now, we have the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame Induction Week 2023 Breakfast with Champions tickets. That's on uh, Saturday, April 22nd, so a little less than a month, three weeks-ish from now. It's at the Westin Hotel, 9 a.m. You can uh, wake up, head to the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame uh, breakfast with champions with the incoming inductees, uh, which includes a Q and a little question and answer an autograph session. You get to mingle very cool deal. And, uh, you know, from big names in every Virginia sports hall of fame class, uh, that goes to caller number two at seven, five, seven, six, eight, seven, nine, four, nine, four. It's a pair of tickets. So it makes sense to go to caller number two at seven, five, seven, six, eight, seven, nine, four, nine, four, Virginia sports hall of fame breakfast, with champions tickets uh get your calls in now now talking about odu baseball justin verlander is one of the richest people in baseball guy knows how to make money guys know guy knows how to pitch um he's aging very very well and until we talked earlier today on the tim donnelly show we talked with bob nightingale who is a USA Today columnist covering Major League Baseball. And, you know, when you have the the Major League Baseball columnist getting ready for opening day the next day, you 
you have to ask, right? It's like, hey, we got we got our guy. He's from ODU, right here in the seven five seven. When he played his college ball, uh, you know, he's from from the area. We'll call it. What do you see for his uh, outlook? Essentially, I was very excited for Justin Verlander's season. Right, he just got a, a big new deal with the Mets. He's coming off a year where he was one of the best pitchers in baseball. He won a World Series, and and everything just kind of came up. Not Verlander in the conversation. Started talking about the pitch clock, right, and and how uh, Bob hypothesized that maybe the guys that throw heat will be more affected because they don't have enough time to catch their breath. They don't have enough time to to you know dig in and fire collect themselves and i'm going well verlander's kind of a fireball thrower i know he's not as much as he used to be but still and then i started thinking wait a second if it's all about being in great shape it's harder to stay in shape as you get up to your 40s i'm sitting here at 32 years old and i can tell you that at 32 it is much more difficult to stay in shape than at 22 so i'm certain the next decade will have a similar effect so verlander is is a guy that you know lives with a fastball Again, not as much of a fireballer, but he he's he he knows how to throw a fastball. He's an older pitcher, which means the pitch clock might affect him doubly or triply even. Then I start asking about the uh, Mets, and I'm going, well, okay, listen, Steve Cohen, he's an owner, billions, billions, billions of dollars. He's spending big fat checks for everyone. Brought in Verlander, big fat check for him. When are we going to start seeing the results that Steve Cohen expects to see when he cuts all those big fat checks? And Bob Nightingale said, well, actually, he brought in Verlander, but that was to replace DeGrom. Everybody else is kind of the same. He had to spend that much just to keep the same core. Matter of fact, talking about that division, which has the defending NL champion Phillies, Nightingale said, well, I'd probably go Braves, who won the division last year, then Phillies, then Mets. Which is fine. Like that's that is what it is. But but the thing that struck me and is gonna make it more difficult for Verlander is Nightingale then almost chuckled and said, Expectations are gonna be high though. Which is exactly what what's happening, right? The the owner spent a whole bunch more money. He's going to expect a whole bunch more success, but he spent all that money to have a similar product. Which just means expectations are rising, but talent level is stagnant. And and I, I kind of breezed through this, but he's replacing Jacob deGrom, who, healthy, not often, but success often when, in, when healthy. I don't know why I said that like Tarzan. Success often hurt, yes. Replacing deGrom is not easy for someone in the peak of their powers. This is a 40-year-old. And oh, by the way, He's coming off a World Series in one of the best seasons of his career. The expect, like Verlander could be, and and I mean, has been a lot of times, he could be the best pitcher in baseball and be a huge disappointment. <laughs> Think about how tough that is. And oh, by the way, he would be the best pitcher in baseball while being more susceptible to the pitch clock affecting him than many other pitchers because he is someone that is deliberate. He is someone that digs in and fires. He is someone that is a bit older. And we always forget, you know, he has a lot of regular season success. He just got his first postseason win last year. And I know, you know, that's obviously a big thing that you're bringing him in for that postseason and for that rotation. But he 
really just got his first postseason win last year, which I think a lot of people are forgetting. And and even on top of that, right? Um, he p- pitched in the World Series last year, so his offseason was short. Like we're talking about him needing to be in shape for this pitch clock thing. If he like if he took a month off, which I mean he's a pitcher and he's a, he's an older pitcher, like you can't. You need to take time off to give your body time to recover and to give everything time to recuperate. Like before you even start long tossing, how I'm I'm just I'm seeing it's it's a situation you don't want to be in, which is I'm seeing expectations going through the roof with a lot of reasons to expect performance to if it's the same, that would be a huge accomplishment. It's like realistic expectations are one thing and then the expectations that are out there are way higher and i don't know you know when's the last time we've said like oh the the new york media new york fans that's where realistic expectations live that's not the case ever if you're the big free agent that's brought in to replace jacob Degrom, like nothing less than winning what four cy youngs in one season is is going to be enough like you have to be the pitcher of the month every month that's a really tough place to be. Now, what is it, $43 million? I'm not crying for the guy. right? I'm just saying that we like to see positive news stories about ODU athletes because, you know, as Dr. Selig has told us, the ODU athletic director, time and time and time again, when we're talking about usually Taylor Heineke being a starting quarterback, it's every time he plays, it is a three-hour infomercial for ODU. Now, imagine if... <laughs> Verlander's on the mound, right? If he throws seven and two-thirds innings and gives up two or less, right, which is kind of like the DeGrom line, if you throw seven innings and give up two runs or less, that's a – that's a if the Major League Baseball has their way, like an hour and ten minutes commercial for ODU. But the, the crazy part is if he throws seven innings and gives up four runs, it could be everybody trashing him for an hour and ten minutes. Even though that is – like a quality start like that that you should win with that or at least you'd hope to often like you're not giving up you should be able to score five runs occasionally you know what i mean it was it was like a, a slow motion realization as i was talking to nightingale earlier of like hey how excited like you know i kind of went in with it like a golden retriever just kind of excited tail wagon like hey verlander mets how cool is that huh odu and then he just kind of systematically chopped away at that until at the end I was like, man, is he – if he wins 10 games, are we good? Like, my expectations were brought down to earth aggressively. And and I'm not saying, like, Nightingale was anti-Verlander. He was just putting out context. Like, well, you know, actually the Mets, they spent a lot of money, but the team didn't get much better. You know, really the only thing they did was bring in Verlander to replace DeGrom. And you know the pitch clock, it's going to hit guys that depend on the fastball a little bit more because it takes a little bit more energy. And, you know, the age thing thrown in there, and I'm like, wait a second, these are all obstacles. There's nothing wind in the sails of Verlander here at all. Oh, and by the way, the Phillies, yeah, they won the NL last year, but guess what? They're going to be the second-best team in their own division, and that's the Braves are first, so the Mets won't. Just a lot of... uh, (laughs) A lot of context. We'll call it that. A lot of context. 
This is the 757 at 6 here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Follow us on Twitter at ESPN Radio 941. Follow us on Instagram at Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. I just like making Robbie do the, the sound effects. Social media brought to you by Dominion Floor Covering. Speaking of baseball, when we come back, ODU went on the road, took on the challenge of the number five team in the country, UVA. It did not work out. But we'll discuss the ramifications coming up next to ground. Putting a spotlight on local high school and college coaches and athletes. The 757 at 6 on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. 757 at 6, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Podcast page available at Priority Auto Sports Radio 941.com. ODU Baseball went to UVA, Virginia, Charlottesville. For a game. They got beat 8-1. to one. It's tough. Now, I, there's there's two ways to go here, right? You could shrug it off, say it's nothing. It's a non-conference game. It's a one-off. You're 20-5 and five on the year. Virginia's the number five team in the country, sitting at 24-2. and two. Who cares? You could do the other thing, which would be, Acknowledge it is a big deal. When you go to UVA, you want to win because it helps you level up as a program, but that's not always going to be the case, right? It's the, the like I, I could go to the whole man in the arena, right? The pain you feel is only there because you cared enough to go into the arena. Like you set up this game knowing it's an opportunity to level up your program. It's an in-state uh, opponent that you'd like for for one day be considered like a heated rivalry. You've beaten them in the recent past. But when you take on those games, there is an inherent risk. Right? You might get beat eight to one. And it's not like I don't I don't believe in the well, you know, you got beat, who cares? They're they're a number five team in the country. You move on. No, like you went into that game hoping to win it. You went into that game sitting at twenty and four confident in yourself and you're thinking like yeah we hit home runs against everybody we're going to hit home runs against this team right we're going to score we're going to do we're going to do our thing that's what you went into the game thinking now you can't turn around after the game and then go yeah we weren't really we were just kidding right you you can't so like wear this one you know what i mean if it hurts it hurts you know uh, and and you know, I hate to say this, but it really was one bad inning, right? They they gave up seven runs in the second inning. They lost eight to one. Like, we can do math on that one, right? But you can't do, like, while that does show, I believe, that the gap in talent wasn't as wide as eight to one might say. Like, if, you know, usually if a team gets beat by that kind of margin, you're like, all right, well, that team was just better. But, but you know, if for eight of the nine innings you played them even I, I do think there's an argument there but at the same time you can't say you know what's a, it's probably a too soon joke about Abraham Lincoln you know ex- except for how it ended it was a pretty good play like you can't say except and then say the biggest thing that happened too soon yeah too soon centuries but too soon for Lincoln um I mean you look at this game and 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 for ODU to be the program it wants to be, these are games that are going to have to keep scheduling whether you win them or you lose them. 
right? Because the 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 benefits of winning them are massive, and relatively the cost of losing them aren't so serious. Okay, and and when we talked with Doctor Woodseelig earlier today, and you'll hear that conversation tomorrow here on the seven five seven at six. He was he was very much. And you could tell, like, already in campaign mode for NCAA tournament appearances and NCAA tournament seeds, saying, like, this was one game. Don't hold it against us. The thing you you have to realize is if you win that game, you're hosting a super regional. You know what I'm talking about? You're, you're, You're vaulting up. And then you're in a good position to make a run. You make a run, you know, you get better recruits. You get better recruits, you can go back to UVA, beat them again. You do it again. You do it over again. It, it's You need to get the cycle rolling, the ball rolling. And the only way you do that is by keep giving yourself chances. Right? Again, you could go into the man of the arena. You could go into like pure baseball analogies and say, you know, you're never going to get a hit if you don't step in and swing the bat. Like, yeah, sure, you might strike out, but you need to get up there and swing or else you're never going to put the ball in play. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Like, I look at this and I think, yeah, it should sting. Because the other thing is, how much it hurts when you lose to a good team says something about how good you are. Does that make sense? I feel like there's logic there. Like, I'll put it this way. I played FCS football, University of Delaware. When we would go play a power five school in a very obvious pay game and Delaware loses, it's very easy to brush that loss off your back. You go, nah, what are you going to do? At least we got a couple million dollars for our, for our efforts, right? At least that's going to pay for the scholarships and the the travel budget for next year. Um, It's very easy to do that. On the flip side, if we were getting mad that we were losing to an ACC program or shortly after I left, they went to Pitt, they played at Virginia Tech, they played NC State. Like if, if, if we're getting mad that those games are losses, that means the program is leveling up, right? That's what I wish we were mad when we lost to Virginia Tech or Pitt or, or UVA or whoever they're playing. I wish. But instead, it's just kind of like, yeah, that happens. So if ODU is mad they lost to UVA, it's a good thing. You don't want it to be like brush offable. You want it to sting. You want Jake Tyser going, man, I wish I didn't hit all three home runs in the single game against Marshall. I wish I would have saved two of them for UVA. Like you want that. So I feel like that was very nuanced. That was that was a conversation with many sides to it, and we hit on many of them. It's like an octagon. We had eight sides to 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 go after. Uh, it is the 757 at 6 here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Uh, Robbie is going to come up next, and he will give you the roundout to close out the show, as he so often does. Robbie's also out for the, the next two days. That's right. So this is the roundout of all roundouts for him. He's going to round out the show and round out his week. It's the roundest of outs. The roundest of roundouts. Uh, so that's coming up next for me. I'll be back on the Tim Donnelly show tomorrow at three and here for the seven, five, seven at six after that. So I'll see you tomorrow. Robbie, you'll see you in a couple minutes for the roundup. The clock is running out on the seven, five, seven at six. That means it's time for Robbie's roundup. Oh, wait a minute. It's Robbie's round about or Robbie's roundout. Whatever he's calling it today. Here's Robbie Vogler on priority auto sports radio, 94.1. That's right. This is the 757 at 6. Robbie's roundout, the final. Robbie's roundout of the uh, 
of the week. Like Tim just said, I am going on vacation for the next couple of days, and, and no, this is the 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 roundest of outs. And I like to talk, obviously, a lot about sports, a lot about local things here and there, a lot of the conversations that we have on the seven five seven at six are you know mainly about Norfolk State, ODU, some high school sports that's happening in the seven five seven. But today's going to be a little bit different because it is my my final show of the week, my final roundout of the week. We are going to be talking about a little pro wrestling because the biggest event of the year is coming up this weekend. This is the last time I'm going to be able to talk about it before it is come and gone. And I'm talking about WrestleMania. That's right. We are talking WrestleMania, but not are we. We're not going to just talk about WrestleMania. This is, of course, is Robbie's roundout and the 757 at 6. So it's all got to tie in together. I was doing some research today. I was like, all right, I wonder if there are any WWE superstars from the 757. So I was doing some research, crunching numbers, looking up. Uh, bios and all that stuff. It, it took me forever to find one person. And it's funny because normally to find this one person, it would be the easiest thing in the world because this person just happens to be seven foot three inches tall and 403 pounds. He is the giant Omos. Now, if you've ever watched WWE, he is the largest person on the roster so he is a legit giant of a human being and I was doing the research and I was like okay well why did Omos pop up his name is uh Tolupo or Tolupe Omenbian he's actually from Nigeria was born in Nigeria grew up in Nigeria but then was given a scholarship to play basketball right here in the 757 from Atlantic Shores Christian School out in Chesapeake, Virginia. He played high school. Obviously, he was the center. He was a very tall individual and played high school around that time. And I'm thinking to myself, how in the world did someone that grew up in Chesapeake that went right, that went to school right down the street from Atlantic Shores Never hear about this man. Never hear about this kid playing basketball in the 757. And of course, now he has gone on to do incredible things. Played a little bit in college, not a whole lot there. But man, it is so cool to see somebody that that had some success at the at the high school level and obviously if you are seven feet tall you're gonna have some success anywhere you go if you can kind of turn it into what you want but he is actually facing off this Saturday at Wrestlemania against Brock Lesnar yeah that Brock Lesnar the, the, the former UFC heavyweight champion of the world, one of the most legit athletes that WWE has ever put out out there, that, that UFC has ever put out there, a, a, legit, a legit bad guy. Like this is a, some guy that you don't want to 
you don't want to get in a fight with. He is a legit, legit guy. And Omos is is facing him at WrestleMania, and man, it's just so cool. You look at at what Omos, and I'm I'm gonna refer to him as Omos because that's his stage name, but I also can't pronounce his regular name over and over and over again. So we're not even gonna try to to mispronounce it. While he was at university, he actually went to South Florida. And, and and bounced around a little bit, but uh, he was actually diagnosed with a, a patellar tumor um, over by his eyes and his optical nerve. That was uh, it was pressed against that. He uh, he, you know, they were saying without surgery he would have he would either go blind, have a cardiac arrest, or a heart attack. You're talking some serious stuff here. They went out there, they removed the tumor, and and, and there's been some some. Not not any obviously problems here and there, but obviously he's doing well in the WWE, and it's so cool just to see. You know, we, we talk about getting to the big and the, and the the brightest stage in your field. We we talk about NBA players all the time. We talk about Major League Baseball players all the time, NFL players, and those type of athletes. But for for him, this is the Super Bowl. This is the NBA Finals. This is the the World Series for him, and it's really cool that he spent part of his life, uh, of you know, the formative years, you know, through high school, right here in the seven five seven. And I would love to know if you were around back in the the two thousand eight to I think it was about two thousand eight two thousand nine to twenty twelve. If you went up against uh, against him in high school. I would love, love to hear those stories or love to hear a text from somebody that may have seen him play because I have to imagine it was very special to watch him play and watch him do his thing. And it's going to be a lot of, it's, it kind of, it's, it kind of makes me want to root for him a little bit more now this weekend. He's obviously a, a heel, which is a bad guy in pro wrestling. So as much as I don't want to root for him, finding this out, Makes me want to root for the guy. I want him to be successful. I think he's going to beat Brock Lesnar. I think it's going to be one of the matches of the weekend. We're going to be, you know, leaving that talking about it. Just something to think about. If you got no plans this weekend, you need something to do on Saturday night. Go on over to Peacock and, you know, order WrestleMania. It's a lot of fun, and now there's a local connection, and we can all have a good time with it. So, Omas, good luck this weekend, buddy. I hope I hope you you show Brock Lesnar who's boss because he's a a very tough individual, and he deserves your respect, and uh, you deserve his respect, plain and simple. Man, that's going to wrap things up for the 757 at 6 and Robbie's roundout for the final time this week. Next time I see you, next time I talk to you, it'll be a new month, a new day. And hopefully we'll be talking about Omos pinning Brock Lesnar 1-2-3 in the middle of that ring. Hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the week. Have a wonderful evening for the rest of the evening. Final four is going to be a lot of fun. We'll be back Monday to kind of, you know, break down the, the championship. 
But until then, for Tim Donnelly, I'm Robbie Vogler. Tim Donnelly's show and, of course, the 757 at 6 is back tomorrow. Same time, same place. Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Have a great night. We'll talk to you soon. Later.